Hello, product innovators. Today, we learn from a 20-year corporate product designer on best practices for developing medtech devices. You're listening to the Product Startup Podcast, the show that helps bring your product idea to life by chatting with successful inventors, product developers, manufacturers, and hardware industry professionals. Our goal here is to get to the bottom of what makes a product successful, from initial idea to getting your product on store shelves. We're taking you step-by-step to build a functional product and scale your product business. Hosted by Kevin Mako, one of North America's leading experts on hardware development for small product businesses. Now, onto the show. Welcome back, everyone. Today, I'm very excited to introduce Rob Crowder to the show. Rob is the head of product at Neutronics, a high-growth medical sensor device company. Rob has over 20 years in the product development field. He's worked for General Electric, PwC, and more. Today, Rob is going to share some valuable knowledge on how inventors, startups, and small manufacturers can learn from the best practices on user journey mapping for medical devices, but also how to apply these medtech best practices to your next product whether it's a medical device or other physical product invention. Now, on to the episode. Rob, welcome to the show. Pleasure to be here. Thank you, Kevin. Excited to have you on. Talk about user journey mapping and all the goodies about figuring out who your customer is and how to best approach that. First and foremost, you're on the other side of the world right now. It's COVID-free there, and I understand that at the start of this whole madness, you you had a major career change to uh, joining over with Neutronics. I did, yeah. So it would have been a year ago now. Um, so yeah, April 2020, just before uh, everything kind of fell apart with COVID. So it was an interesting time to uh, change roles. Um, I was previously uh, a GM of a product development company. Um, and one of our clients was Neutronics, who were developing a really interesting device. And um, I couldn't help but be, but be excited by uh, what they were trying to do. So I was really keen. Uh, to join the team. Um, it was just a strange time to do it, um, but it's been a really, really busy and fruitful year. So that was good. That's great. And you've dealt with over a hundred hardware products from, you know, concept through yeah. to realization. So, um, you know, very excited to talk about all that. First and foremost, let's jump into user journey mapping, because I know that's uh, something you're, you're quite passionate about, really mm. getting to know and understand the pain point that you're solving with the customer and the tools that you use um, to, to best prepare that so that our listeners who have, you know, an invention, whether they have an invention idea or they're in the development process, or they're looking to make their next version of their product, they can use these tools to, you know, create something amazing out of their next innovation. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm really keen to talk about this. Um, over the years, I've tried out lots of different techniques that you try and draw out um, the key things that you need to be thinking about in the product development journey. And particularly at the start, it can be really confusing about where to start what to consider and the best framework i come across and i use every day is user journey mapping um and it's it's a technique where you map out the narrative of use for the product that you imagine and it's okay to be uh full of assumptions at the start but it it's an end-to-end story of use and you put it up on a wall can use system cards. That's not very modern, I know, but um, <laughs> that's what I do. Um, and it's really powerful to do that. Um, and it can be built by yourself to begin with, but then the power in it lies in bringing everyone else that's going to be involved in the product around that. They can stand around it, they can look at it. And then industrial designers start to draw things. Coders start to think about how they could code for that particular part. 
And all of the assumptions and interdependencies start to fall out. And you can start to build this really large and detailed picture of what your product is going to be. And it's a great way to get started because it feels like there's momentum building. You feel like you're taking action early and you're starting to really get into the core assumptions you have about the product. Yeah, that's, you know, it's it's a great exercise to think about the user, right? To put yourself in their shoes. How do they use yeah. the product? What benefits do they derive from the product? What does it look like? Like imagine it, draw it, sketch it. Like you said, you put it right up onto the wall and you're bored, right? So let's unpack this a bit and jump into those steps. First and foremost, you know, what, how you're kind of kicking off this, this journey and understanding your customer and what the, the individual bits and pieces are that you're actually putting up onto your customer journey yeah. app wall. Yeah. So traditional techniques, I guess, would be things like observational studies. So if someone comes to you with an idea and says, I think this person will do this with this product and it's useful because of these reasons, and go and look at the problem, observe it, go and see who this problem that you're thinking of solving is impacting and in what ways does it impact them. So that's one of the start points. The observational studies, you write down the notes and then that becomes part of your assumptions about narrative reviews. Personas, so when you go and see these people and you interview them and you talk to them about the problems they're facing and why and you do those traditional kind of interviews, then you can stick that up in the user journey map as well. And it got points off to them at various points so you can see how they fit together. That's great. So you're really combining all these different elements of what essentially the user looks like. And I, I find that one of the um, one of the ways to do it, I know a lot of offices do that. They actually build that physical persona and sit them in a chair, right? Yeah. So here's what, here's what we think our user looks like. Here's how they think. Here's what they're interested in. Here's their pain points. And then of course that, you know, the, the magic, which is your innovation, your invention, your product, whatever it's figuring out, well, how does that actually fit, uh, into those pain points or whatever else? How do you solve those problems? So what does your mood board look like? What are some of the pillars on it? Uh, um, mm. any other tips that you can kind of advise into how we, you know, what are the easiest steps to actually start building this thing out? Yeah, so um, I agree, like visual cues are really important, particularly with personas, making them real. Um, I've heard of various ways of expressing that. So having a, a cutout in a chair is, is pretty funny. Um, but yeah, a huge representation of a person that you can relate to uh, quite easily. So those attributes of them as a person. So you get this human aspect to it. Um, I think the, the core pillars really are about um, dialing into the unmet needs. So that, that's one core pillar that I really try and zero in on really early. Um, and it just takes work, I think. Um, and if I think about outputs, then the one thing that I put next to the personas as a blowout, like a, um, a larger kind of um, link to that persona is what are those unmet needs that we're gonna try and meet? for this person and that product what's it got to do for them that makes it valuable and useful um, and that's generally the trigger point that gets the whole group focused so that's one thing that i try and do that's great and so how can we um, expand upon um, 
you know, those elements and, and apply it to like real world examples, either that you've worked on or hypothetical or whatever else. So we could kind of paint a picture right now, um, over audio on, um, you know, yeah. something that correlates to this, that, that we can put this uh, theory essentially to, to paper. Right? Yeah. So, um, where I'm at right now with Neutromics, we're developing, um, it's a, it's a medical device. So we're a health technology company and it's a small wearable patch that can monitor molecules in, um, in interstitial fluid, which sits just under your skin. That's like an information superhighway. Basically it's full of really interesting information about a person's health. Um, and it hasn't been accessible before. I mean, the typical mode of understanding how your body is doing is blood tests. They're a single point in time camera snapshot of how you're doing. So with our patch, the premise is that we can monitor in real time molecules, which can indicate how healthy you are in various aspects of your life. Um, but it can also monitor drug concentrations, proteins, hormones, all kinds of interesting things. So um, cool. we've been at it. Yeah, it is. It's it's really exciting. Like, um, you know, as I said before, it didn't, didn't really take much to persuade me to jump on board and try and figure this out. So we've been trying to figure it out for the last um, you know couple of years now. So this technique I'm talking about is one that we used really early on. Um, so with a patch like that and with an opportunity like that, it could go in so many directions. And we had to try and figure out which direction should we go in first? Who should we solve a problem for? Um, and those, those three crucial buckets of considerations uh, around the product, the commercial aspect and the fact that it it um needs to be useful they're the three elements that i wanted to try and figure out really early and i built a kind of model of how to work through that the use journey map was the core part in understanding value and utility for the people that were going to end up using it so um in a real sense in practical terms went out there and spoke to clinicians um, so one of the first areas we looked at was uh, pre-diabetes. So this is this is a scourge on the world right now, particularly in Western um, in Western countries where um, the prevalence of pre-diabetes is really high. Um, diabetes is really high. So we thought if if we could build a patch that can help people make different choices in their life around food and exercise and those behavioural aspects, then we can get them off the pathway to diabetes. Um, so that was one problem that we thought we could solve. So we went out there and started talking to clinicians, started talking to people who, um, are in that situation. Um, so directly those techniques we were talking about before interviewing observational work, all those things, um, they were the lead in to start to build out the user journey. We knew that our tech could do something, but the aspects of would someone buy it and would they value using it were missing and the part that gave us the kickstart and the process was the the user journey map so by doing those interviews by observing people we were able to write down the start point put it on the wall and then start to draw it out so i really like the ongoing. fact that you really start first with um that customer profile I think of one mm. of our clients, right? Go fish underwater fishing camera. You could yeah. look at it and say, Hey, look, we've got a great underwater fishing camera idea. 
Or you could look at it and say, okay, who is going to buy this? What is the pain point that we're solving? And how does our solution um, work? essentially to solve that yeah. problem. Right. And that, and that's where you, you did the exact same thing there, where you looked at, you built your user profile, you identified a problem, um, a bracket pre-diabetes. Then you looked at it, said, okay, well, how do we solve that problem? And then how does your product fit into that solution? Um, I think that's a beautiful way. And I, I would argue that a lot of inventors don't really think beyond the feature set it, both in when you're thinking of developing the product, but especially when you're going to sell the product. And I would argue yeah. this exact same product, uh, or sorry, the exact same process that you went through there is also a great process for when you're done development and you're trying to sell. So when you're trying to figure out how am I actually going to create my messaging, what you mm. said right there is almost identical to building out your your customer marketing messaging. And yeah, it really comes parallels. down to rather than talking about the features, you you instead think about them. And that's what you've done now here with Neutromics. Yeah, I, I, you, yeah, exactly. We're trying to break apart that start point. It's not the right start point. Um, and I would, you know, encourage anyone who's thinking of going through this journey to really start with those people that you think you're solving a problem for. That is it. I mean, as, as well to be to be really critical of what you're doing, not in a negative way, obviously, but just to think pragmatically, is I, it, are your assumptions being validated in those areas? So is someone going to use this and value the use of it, that it becomes a product they can't live without? Is it something that can make money for your business so you can exist and live? Um, and critiquing that really early on is, is, I think, is really important. And for us at Neutromics, you know, that opportunity, if we analysed it in a commercial sense, that's quite a busy space. There's lots of companies solving um, pre-diabetes and it's only going to get bigger so we, we there were lots of other angles we could have looked at and we've actually landed on um, therapeutic drug monitoring now because um, there are many drugs which are used frequently that are either um, nephrotoxic or ineffective um, so a drug in the US that's used quite heavily is vancomycin so it's an antibacterial drug and our patch is capable of monitoring that drug concentration in a person in real time. So a doctor can always know what is the right next dose to give a patient. Very simple. And the consequence of not doing that right now is that people get sick and they die. So a bacterial infection can lead to sepsis, can lead to all kinds of horrible complications, billions of dollars of healthcare costs in the healthcare system. And, um, high degrees of mortality so when we used that opportunity and we looked at the pain points that we could solve for that felt like something we could just jump on and fix really quickly it's acute like the, the problem was right there in front of us and we could do something about it so the framework has many uses one of them is to just check yourself and <laughs> realize perhaps you might be on the wrong path and that's okay <laughs> that's all part of the fun but it's a technique you can use to to feel okay with that. I think that's particularly important when it does come to either scientific or metal, uh, medical or even other, um, you know, more technical discoveries, because although it's great, okay, you found this new discovery and in Neutromics case, it was, you know, certain measurement tools, but a lot of people don't think that one step further. Okay. So, so what? 
right? What, yeah. what is the actual implication of that? What is the benefit? And, it, and it's great to see that you've gone through that journey. You explored the different options. You weren't afraid to fail or to check yourself in that discovery phase so that eventually you would use that as a learning opportunity to find what was actually that low-hanging fruit or like you said, the acute opportunity um, mm. to really make impact quickly and effectively with your particular tool. So let's talk a bit about uh, MedTech and some best practices yeah. around that, because that exercise very much that you just described is, is a great example. But for folks who are in the medical or healthcare industry in, in, in any way, mm. what are some best practices as you're going through this exercise to come up with your you know, healthcare or medical product um, based on your experience being in the field and working with lots of other products as well at, at the design firm? Yeah, it's really interesting, MedTech. Um, you know, if you looked at it, in isolation, you probably wouldn't go after it because it's really difficult. It's like the ultimate challenge in product development. Um, but then it's linked to um, you know solving really important problems that impact people's lives. And that is this really strong motivating factor that keeps you working on it. Um, and I would say that generally with medtech, the distinction between normal product development is that there's this really rigorous bar of evidence and outputs and work that you have to produce before a product can be in the market. Now, there's obviously various different classifications of medical devices. Some are reasonably straightforward and um, they don't need that full-on kind of FDA clearance path. Um, but, you know, if you're building a diagnostic tool or something like that, then, then there would be. And generally that evidence is around safety uh, efficacy um, so when you think about that and you think about those initial uh, areas of product like the technology is it useful and valuable for someone will it make money then there are frameworks that exist in those buckets for medtech that are very specific so that's kind of like an assistance really because you know exactly what you've got to go through to get it done. So for um, the technology, you've got to prove that it's safe. So you've got to do the work in an engineering sense to get it to a bar where it's passed its verification tests. Um, you've got the results of those, they're documented, they're written down, <laughs> you can do it repeatedly. <laughs> so it forces you to go right down the rabbit hole and chase down everything to make sure it's done. Um, in figuring out if something's useful and valuable, the lens in medtech is about clinical utility. So spending time with clinicians, running those traditional kind of interviews and observational studies with patients, with clinicians, that's powerful as well. But the core part is what indication is your device or idea working on solving? And this plays into the commercial model, particularly in the US, where you have to figure out the provider and payer aspect of this. So again, traditionally in product development, you think I've got a customer. I want them to buy this product. I'm going to map out how they're going to use it in the world and they're going to give me some money for it. That's quite straightforward. <laughs> but in medtech, you've got this reasonable, particularly in the US, a particularly kind of complicated model of healthcare where you have to uh, you know, find a way through that uh, pathway to the person that's going to pay for it and the way they're going to pay for it and how that works 
linked to the problem you're solving for a patient and a clinician. Um, so that in that user journey map example and the personas we talked about, there's often multiples. So the clinician, the patient, the payer, we do all of those. Um, and in the technology side of things, then it's you have to work really, really hard in the early stages of proof of concept to getting your principles correct, like the core utility of the product that you know that it can do it uh, before you push the pin on commercialization and all of that large machine of everyone getting involved and building the thing that you think is right. You have to know that it's more or less right before you start doing that because that's that can get quite lengthy and expensive. A couple of things that I, I kind of derive from that. Um, first and foremost, uh, you I mentioned earlier with Neutromics that you, you, you picked a, essentially a specific vertical that you would go after. And I think that, you know, there's, a, there's something to derive from that. And we talk about it a lot on the show in a, in a number of verticals, not just med tech, but it's key that when you're in startup mode with a new technology that, first of all, you make it of a high quality, or that's the redundancy you're talking about, ensure that the core of your technology is good. But in order to do that, you're going to have to be very focused on a very specific niche and a very specific yeah. target because you can burn out, especially in med tech, when you have all these different players, if you're trying to be too many things to too many people, that means a lot of extra costs, a lot of extra clinical trials, a lot of extra variables that you probably won't be able to ride through. So more than anything, yep. even in regular products, we talk about the feature creep to avoid it, try to focus on your <laughs> one or two key benefits to one or two absolutely key demographics, very targeted, very narrow because it's a massive planet. So that, that narrow demographic still could be hundreds of thousands of potential customers around the world. But if you're trying to be too many things and trying to capture too much of the market too early, you're going to burn out. And I imagine that, yeah. you know, based on what you've said here, I kind of string in that similar theme uh, in med, med tech and with your user, user journey mapping, mapping process that you put together. Yeah, that's exactly what we did, Kevin. Yeah, it's a great point because um, in building out um, that evidence base for the product, as I said before, we have to focus on the indication, and the indication is bacteremia in our in our case, right? So there's a certain number of people that get bacteremia. It doesn't mean that the patch couldn't be used for other indications that where infections are present, but that isn't going to get it done. Like it doesn't that doesn't give us our start point. We had to be really ruthless and it's kind of it's kind of horrible because you like my product is so good and it can do so many things but that just opens up a can of worms of work <laughs> that you have to try and get through and you don't always have the time and the resources to do that and also it will not get you the commercial outcome that you need for a med tech product you have to be really clear and focused at the start decision making is is key and it's really difficult um, in product to make those decisions because it's all based on assumptions and evidence that is kind of qualitative a lot of the time. But, you know, you have to do it, have to be focused. Well, and I guess it makes your job easier if from the very beginning you've thought of this user journey mapping process. Who is your end customer? And then as you're going through making these decisions, it comes back to that original guiding star. And that mm. I think really helps um, as you as you when you start with that, it's in the middle of the process and it's at the end. I talked about messaging, right? That's kind of the end of the process in messaging. You're you're going through that same process of journey mapping. Ideally, it's the, the same result. 
because you want your the product, the, the idea that you've come up with to match the person, to, to match the different stakeholders, and to eventually match the messaging that's all going to fit together seamlessly to make a commercially viable product, something that's actually making sales and also profiting on the back end. All of that comes from the yeah. very first steps of journey mapping. Yeah, it does. I, yeah, it's a good point. Um, the uh, one direct example is we used our map to figure out, um, start to figure out the commercial model because it quickly became apparent who this device was impacting and they kind of fell out of the journey map. It was like, oh yeah, okay, we're at this point in time now and the device is doing this and it's producing this data. Who's going to look at that? What are they going to do with that? Where does it go? Why is it valuable? And all of a sudden we had these stakeholders mapped out that we could go and validate with actual hospitals. Say, oh, are these people making decisions based on this data? Yes, they are. Great. What do they need it to look like? Sketch some stuff out. And it just, I'm such a fan of it. Like it just unpicks so many things and allows you to challenge assumptions right across the board. So yeah, commercial viability, it, it triggered that as well. Which is generally the end game for a, 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 most hardware startups, right? You're trying to yeah. become financially viable. It's the only way you're going to be able to make that second version. Or to, like for you guys, I'm sure, Neutromus, you've got all kinds, like you said, all kinds of things that this can do. You need your first yes. one to be a winner so that you can then springboard off of that success and start working on different verticals, different versions of the projects and and, and so on. And that will evolve over time, like every kind it of will. brand, every big company has, right? So, um, but it all starts from that very first user journey map, keeping it simple, pushing it through the ranks, understanding your market, understanding your 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 how your hardware fits into that that end user, that end market, um, and, and doing that all the way through. Are there any last um, tips as we wrap this up here? Uh, for hardware startups, uh, whether it's in the med tech space or in general, um, using this user, user journey map and such that uh, you want to leave everyone with um, through your, your years of experience in developing these things? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think it would just be about not being afraid to be wrong um, and to uh, gather around the people that are going to be involved in making the product real and really listening to their thoughts and opinions about the assumptions that are there and overlay them with the thoughts of the, the people that are going to be impacted by the product. But as a, as a person trying to build out a product, my, my one go-to thing is to just take a breath, take a pause. When I, when I feel myself getting particularly passionate about a position or an idea that I need to just take a, take a second and think about the other considerations i mean I, I think product people are brilliant because they they generally are pragmatic by nature and can think broadly and you know consider other aspects and draw that into a decision because ultimately you have to make a decision so um the way to do that i've found is is just to realize that you perhaps don't have all of the answers and being precious about it doesn't allow uh, progress to be made sometimes so it would be um yeah trust the people around you get good people around you and um don't don't be afraid to be wrong i think <laughs> rob <laughs> great advice. great advice couldn't have said it better much appreciated for your time to come on the show and share all these valuable uh, insights um how can we learn more about uh neutromics and uh, about yourself and whatever else where do we go what website yeah. 
Yep. So uh, neutromics.com.au, you can see us um, and learn about what we're doing. Uh, we're very active on LinkedIn. Uh, myself, also our co-founders, Peter and Hitesh and the rest of the team, we talk about the problems that we're solving, the avenues we might go down. Uh, we talk about fundraising uh, for startups a fair bit. Um, we're due to close around soon, so we're pretty excited about life. Um, but we talk about some of the challenges in that. Um, so our website, LinkedIn, go and have a look. We're producing lots of useful content, which um, perhaps your listeners will find useful. Rob, thanks again. Appreciate it. No problem. Thanks, Kevin. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Product Startup Podcast, the show that teaches you what it really takes to bring your product to market and turn it into a big success. This podcast series is brought to you by Maco Design and Invent, the original and leading firm in North America to provide global caliber end-to-end physical consumer product development to startups, inventors, and small product business clients. If you're looking for product development help on your invention, head over to to macodesign.com. That's M-A-K-O design.com for a free consultation from one of Maco Design's four design studios from coast to coast. Thanks for listening and see you next time.